Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Now, go. Are we on? We are on now. Oh, we are. Everything's rolling. We're live and we're all in the same room. And J- JB's just nipped upstairs and put some socks on for the benefit of people watching on Facebook Live. Yeah, because otherwise, every other message is about my feet. Curves. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. All of you. Hobbit feet. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, well, shall, should we get on with this one? So this podcast is uh, the international podcast off the back of the Six Nations round three. Lots of talking points. Three interesting games to get into. Varying degree, degrees of quality, uh, but plenty to talk about. And then we'll be doing a midweek domestic podcast covering all things Avicii Premiership, Pro 12, um, narcotics in France, and all kinds of other stuff uh, that happens as well. So, shall we, gents? Let's do it. Let's hands in a pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. pod. Thank you very much for listening to this, the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We're just three mates that love the game and 52 weeks of the year we are here for you talking rugby and today the Six Nations. You can find us, let me remind you, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Uh, You can subscribe on iTunes, uh, listen on Acast, we're on the Acast app as well, they're great too. Uh, Matthew W. Henderson left a five-star review on iTunes, and amongst the comments, I'm just going to just going to do this very briefly. Amongst the comments, uh, he just said, uh, "As funny as two and a half Englishmen can be." JB, ha- <laughs> how do you how do you feel at being described as half English? Fine. <laughs> now, how Welsh are you? Uh, I'm not. I'm North Wales. Oh, look at that! How's that happened? That's okay. Uh, oh, it's all right, unbelievable. Mate. It's all right. See. There we go. There's going to be plenty of that on the podcast today. Don't you worry. Uh, we're also on Instagram. Do you know what? Uh, Instagram is the future. And do you know what? Do you know I know why? We've been working really hard for years to build up Twitter. One week, six hundred people straight away. <laughs> Bosh, Instagram. I, I'm not on Instagram. I don't know what you're putting on there. Pictures of you with um, d- doing a hover hand with Kieran Reid. Oh, lovely. Do you remember? Uh, you know what? I Instagram remember. Will be good. Yeah, James, the hover hand you, took, you, you must have taken that picture, Phil. I did. Yep, I did. Um, so did you actually touch Kieran Reid or did you just yes. keep your hand <laughs> it felt like it did hovering by his shoulder have a look at the picture he, if you want to see he touched my heart <laughs> so we are Egg Chasers Podcast on Instagram go and get involved there and keep up to speed with what's going on um, right so Six Nations round three and really exhilarating interesting fascinating infuriating at times weekend where do you want to start now, we said last week, we probably won't talk about England-Italy at all because there won't be any talking points in that. Uh, wow. There, uh, was, there was a talking point. Do you want to start with that? 
Or yeah, I would actually. A brilliant game. I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I I thought I expected you would love it. It's incredible. It is like it, someone described it as uh, rugby tactic porn, which is I mean it kind of did for rugby tactics what Nigella Lawson did to sugar based recipes. It, it was incredible. <laughs> right. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's talk about anything we want to put in or in, in terms of the game besides. Italy's interesting tactics and England's r- response to it. Well, so I don't know. You can do that, Tim. I, well, I no, because think... because I kind of think that that because well, for me that's the only thing I really want to talk about. But so I was just like, oh, open I'm with you, right? Okay. Is there is there anything else that? Yeah, Elliot Daly's really good. Yeah, Elliot yeah. Daly is really really good. Like it's almost a travesty he's had so little international time. Like everything, and his speed as well. I know everyone talks about his speed, but defensively. <laughs> You can see this break on, and anyone else probably isn't going to catch the... Uh, is it the Italian winger yeah. making, uh, making the break? He's just good at everything. It's amazing that he's only got five caps. And some of his kicks as well, some of his kicking out of hand mm. was superb. And this isn't kind of new. I mean, England have seen him play. In fact, England has seen him play against England for the, for the Barbarians <laughs> yeah, yeah. a while ago. Yeah, yeah. And he's comfortably the best player on the field. So yeah, Elliot Daly's good, but we all knew that. Yes, yep, we all knew that. Philip, oh, sorry, that's for, I'll need that later on. Uh, Philip? Um, just, I guess, from an England fan's perspective, a bit of frustration, because the tactic we'll come on to, um, but England weren't great besides that. Their scrum was up and down, their line-outs weren't great. Um, they, towards the end, or certainly in the second half, they got a few things together when Italy weakened and tired, but... Um, yeah, it just wasn't a particularly good performance, even when the tactic wasn't being used and when that was taken out of the equation. I think they were so rattled by the tactic that everything else just disintegrated. All right, yes. so, so let's deal with this then. So uh, again, uh, just I should have mentioned, we, we we are putting this on Facebook Live. You may be watching live now, in which case, hello and welcome and leave your comments and questions and thoughts and um, whatever you want to say about JB's feet. Yep, right, um, yeah. leave that there and if not you can go back and have a look at the rugby dungeon look at us sitting around and uh, look at our buff fillies and he's you look you look like something out of you look like sort of like you're in a um a gr- the grease film back in the day oh, yeah. <laughs> do you know what i mean <laughs> uh, right uh, i'll take that as a compliment yeah yeah i do so let's talk about this uh tactics then so, so you said england were rattled I-, I would completely agree with that yeah and i found that quite frustrating that england was so rattled um I'm I'm not surprised they were rattled though because it is it's an unusual tactic. I mean, the, the only time I've seen it was something that has been mentioned um, on Twitter was the um, the Chiefs game a couple of years ago under yeah. under Dave Rennie when they were doing it. Um, but it it is it's a difficult thing. It's a difficult thing to get your head around because basically you expect certain conditions when you think there is a rook and you expect to be able to get a nice clean pass to runners coming through and that is just completely taken away. So you have to rethink your tactic well, let's, from, well, from most restarts of the ball. Yeah, well, I also think the double standard here is incredible, isn't it? Dave Rennie does it and people go, bravo, Dave Rennie. Look at these guys studying the law book. These New Zealanders, they, re- they really do expand the game. It evolves. Italy do it. Uh, Matt Dawson's tweet today was pretty... Was pretty low actually. No, oh, no, I don't think it was low. I think he's entitled. He's entitled. I want people to have opinions, so I would. I, I, I might not low. agree. I might not agree it with his opinion, low. but I don't. I don't. I don't think we should call it people was, who have an opinion low. No, it was low and it was snide. Otherwise, we're opening ourselves up for people to say you're low and snide. Yeah, no, it was low and snide because you wouldn't say that to Dave Rennie. 
I guarantee you he wouldn't set today. Well, after, when after, the Chiefs are busy winning the Super Rugby. After the Waikato Chiefs employed it as a tactic, was there not a meeting by World Rugby? There was, yes. So it, it was obviously enough of a thing. It wasn't just all round round of applause. It was enough for a load of people to get in a room and go, okay, okay how does this affect the game and what could this lead to and how should we deal with this but, going forward? Do you know, there's, so there's two times that I can think of comparable uh, events happening. The first was George Smith when he first started stealing balls. No one had ever done that. No one had ever jackled over a ruck, picked up a ball and ran off. So you'd have the scavengers like uh, Budge Pountney and uh, Neil Back. No one was doing what George Smith did. And everyone thought, oh God, it's the end of the game. And out of nowhere, George Smith had like five turnovers in one game. And that turned out to be fine. And the other one, which didn't turn out to be fine actually, was France versus Argentina, the opening game of the French World Cup, where Argentina did nothing but boot the ball. The also, highest kicks. Yeah. Also Irish choke tackle. Yeah, that, that, that's yeah. also a pretty good one. And yeah. a Jonah Lomu-sized winger. Yeah. I mean, it, I suppose what it does is it just creates chaos. And then it's about which team is better at solving the problem. It's, it's really clever. I, I thought it did. It was interesting. It was interesting to see how much confusion it caused in that first half. Mm. And no one from England seemed to properly understand it. And no one, like Hartley, didn't give any leadership or direction no. to what they should do. But it was interesting to see how Jones handled it at half time. And when they came out in the second half and they were actively trying not to form rooks, they were, yeah. they were offloading, which is exactly right because. If people are not committing to the tackle, so that they're the minimum commitment to the tackle, then offloading is going to be easier. Exactly. And the next men are actually backing away rather than piling in. Yeah. So it just means you win, more, win more, more and more yards. Breach the gain line, game over. Now, I know JB and I are going to disagree on this. I'll be interested. I imagine Phil will be somewhere in the middle. <laughs> uh, but I, 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 from our rugby podcast account... It wasn't actually, I think JB assumed it was having a massive go at James Haskell. It wasn't. I thought it was. It wasn't. But James Haskell asking the referee what the laws were was, in my opinion, an absolute farce. No, I not found at all. it astonishing. No, no. And I'll tell you why it isn't. Do you know when you played for Newbury? Yeah. You had a system, defensive system, where you shot out the line to tackle a player. We Well, we had one man who did, yeah. Yeah. Prior to that game, did you go and clarify that law with the ref? And you told that ref what you're going to do. Yeah. Exactly the same thing happened today, which was prior to the game, Brendan, Brendan Venter or Conor O'Shea or both of them went to the ref and clarified the law. All that James Haskell was doing was clarifying the law. This tactic has been used maybe five times ever on camera. And it's perfectly reasonable for James Haskell to clarify what what's going on especially when it, as, as everyone else is so bl- bloody quiet and he, he you know this was after half an hour and it wasn't like Italy only just had suddenly done it they've been doing it think, for loads of times so, but did but, you think after half an hour all the England players were dealing with it really well no I would say no 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 no. do you know what I'm, I'm not into like shaming individuals if James Haskell didn't understand the law and the England pack didn't understand he, the law then I say well done for having the courage to go up to the ref and ask well done James Haskell but I find it astonishing that eight international rugby players don't know what the law is and that no one well, in that whole partly. side grabbed grabbed the team by the scruff of the neck and said, here you go, boys, what's going on here? And let me just follow that up with this. This is one of the times when it was used on camera. This is Wasps against Toulouse. Yes. Yep. And this is Nathan Hughes, one of the men on the field. Brian O'Driscoll and Lawrence Delalio taking me through it. Here we go. 
Captain Hughes again. Look, there's no one in the rough, so he's not offside. There's no, there's, there's no offside line. Plays it brilliantly, waits for the pass to be affected. Just to turn the ball over brilliantly, brilliant understanding of the rules from Nathan Hughes. Brilliant understanding of the rules, right? So if you don't know the law, you can't take advantage of it from the other side, like like Nathan Hughes did there. These guys aren't on the field because they could be high level barristers. They're on the field because they <laughs> they're okay. good physical specimens. So unsurprisingly I am somewhere in the middle. I think there's No. I think there's two but <laughs> stop it. I think you're actually talking about different issues here. Go you, on. You, you're talking about there's there's two things that James Haskell did. His very initial uh, interaction with Poit was to say, "Can you please clarify what the the law is for forming a rook?" Which I'm with Tim on that. He mm. should know. So after that, he went on, and I'm I admire him for this actually because no one else and Hartley certainly didn't take control. He went on to say, "Well, how do we stop that? Like to try and ask how do we stop this?" Which is was when uh, he said. Uh, if they're uh, um, one meter away or two meters yeah, away, yeah. Um, but that that is not in the law book. That one meter, t- two was meter. Was that not clarified after the chiefs? So to, to stop it, they said if you're within one meter, it's classed as uh, as a ruck. So you've got to really be far away. Uh, Do you see what I mean? Um, well, so a rook, you just have to have contact with yes. one of the players. Yeah. So one of the Haskell's questions was, can I just grab someone and pull him in? Yeah. Right, which is fair. because Yeah, that's fine. Because you know when you stand off a so, mall, yeah. Well, yeah. grab it. Right? Yeah, so that, so yeah. that's the first question. And that, that is that Which is led on to the solving. second question, right, which was this one metre, two metre thing, which is a complete mystery. Going back and being pragmatic and looking at going forward, if you don't understand the laws, how can you break them? Like yeah. Richie McCall would have done. I've, I've got one other thing, which uh, from um, Alex Lowe in The Times, great rugby writer, um, good lad as well. Uh, and he posted this on Twitter today, which is from a Times article in December, where he writes, and the little subheading is, England must beware Australia's clever trick. David Pocock, who is heading off on a one-year sabbatical after today's game, caught out Ireland a week ago with a move seen in Super Rugby, but seldom in Northern Hemisphere, Alex Lowe writes. The move is deceptively simple. If a team do not contest the breakdown, a ruck is not formed and there's no offside line. In its most basic form, the offside rule in rugby prevents players getting involved in play when they're standing in front of the ball. But with no offside line, there's nothing to stop Pocock sneaking into the Irish back line and intercepting the ball. Only a poor pass by Israel Falau a couple of phases later prevented a try. Mm -hmm. Paul Gustard said this week, if there is no ruck formed, there is no offside. That is one tactical plan people try and put in place, like teams might not contest a line-out or teams might change the numbers in a line-out. It's a way of trying to manipulate the attack and make them think differently. Paul Gustard, as England defensive coach, we are aware of it, we saw it, we will have plans in place. Quote from December. But they clearly didn't. Second half, when they came out... And by, by the way, this is a team that's not prepared for this. I mean, Gus God said he had. He hadn't. I think it's the law is fine. They should just play it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm with you. There was people... There was so many overreactions that I read on social media. People saying that this is going to ruin the game. Mm. Matt Dawson is a great example. Exactly. Um, right. But I, I don't think it will at all, because teams will adapt. And in- England did adapt very well. They, they did, but they, but they needed Eddie Jones to help them yeah. adapt. And actually, yeah. if we're going to get to where England want to get to in 2019, they'll, they'll learn a massive lesson from this. And I think the, the wider point is, who are the people who are going to make those decisions and grab the team by the scruff of the neck? Uh, I, I think that's the coach's job, personally. I mean, uh, such a big oh. change. Well, let, let's, the coach, let's, go, let's go back. Ask Steve Hansen, ask Graham Henry if he just relied on if the team relied on the coaches for uh, for, I, for for decision making and adapting well, in games when they won two World thing Cups, is, I think I know. What, I think you know what the answer to that question is. But I think you're being disingenuous because very rarely do 
things like this ever happen. Again, I'm I'm not I'm I'm only making the broader point that if England are going to get where they want to get, they need to have people that can have fluid decision making on the fly. Okay, I do agree with you that England do need do need to be excellent um, excellent athletes and also have guys that could figure out Krypton Factor if they needed to. It is it is a nice added advantage. So, now now he's being disingenuous. Me, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, no, I, I guess you do make a good point because the R, the RFU have got this big thing about decision makers and making these stupid games with the occasional forward pass. Some of them are very good, actually. Um, uh, or like silly like kicking games. And when you're doing your RFU coach, coaching badges, they make you play all sorts of funny games which look nothing like rugby. So, yeah, okay, may- yeah, maybe. Well, is there anything else to talk about on that, on the England game? Because no. I, I don't think... Yeah, Owen, Owen Farrell was very peculiar. He was very... He, it was probably the worst game I've ever seen Owen Farrell have. Yeah. I, th- I thought he was particularly poor. He's, he's kicking as well, which is very unusual. Yeah, it was very unusual. It was um, sort of symptomatic. England were just kind of passive. and I, I, I think they were really rattled. Yeah, that's, no, I'm sure. I mean, I'm that's, sure. The, that's the bigger worry. I'll, yeah. t- I'll tell you one thing I would have liked to see Eddie Jones do earlier, actually, and it worked very well when he did it, was bring Jack Nolan. Because Johnny May in that kind of game <laughs> was, yeah. was useless. It's like throwing... It's, you've got a Ferrari out on the wing... But you're never ever going to be able to get the ball yeah. out to him. So whereas Jack, yeah, Noel, you've got sp- the speed bumps in the road. Yeah, you, you can't. Look, you're not going to look good in a Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. You live on a farm in Tanzania. Yeah, yeah. you got a Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> whereas Jack Noel, when he came on, he's so industrious and he's always round the back of those rooks and following people yeah. in. So he was brilliant. Yeah. So I think that if Eddie Jones was really, um, I guess he'd, he'd, I guess if this was a more important game, um, he might have done it earlier. But to really kind of uh, Ernie's crust. I would have liked that that uh, Jack Noel change after it's twenty re- minutes or thirty what, minutes. It's really screwed over England in terms of how they can judge their players because they did put out Teo as a you know, a bit of an experiment. He did all right. I, can't, um, I, I, but I, I think nothing about it. I think I tend to disagree a little bit. I think though that is a massive, massive positive for England going forward because they'll come up with all kinds of strategies for well, if something we can't predict happens, what we're going to do. And it'll be like, oh well, we'll we'll get the ball off the field for a line out. One of the props goes down injured. We have a chat, and it'll be th- just stuff but, like that. Mm. You, your point was more about the you want to see these combinations. Yeah, you want to see like yeah. in normal everyday. So not if there is such thing yeah. as an everyday test match. Yeah, I know, I know. It's uh, gonna, gonna you, be, you, you wanted to see. Um, how crisp and clean Danny Kerr can pass to um, George Ford, and, and that no. extra second that George Ford gets with the ball, we wanted but to it never see, happened. We wanted to see if BBT could take it to a new level of Pete Teo. Who? Yeah, so Eddie Jones, in his post-match interview, he seemed frustrated and he said it wasn't rugby. But that, that might have been part of the frustration, because I'm sure he loves solving the problem, but he just didn't get to see what he was expecting to, I, to learn I from I think you're game. probably right. Or equally, a lot of people on our Twitter account, too many to mention, in fact, have just said, oh, no, this is classic kind of mind games. This is taking the media's focus off of yeah. the poor performance and onto the, this tactical thing, so that they're talking about that uh, in very much a Jose Mourinho kind of fashion, which I wouldn't be surprised if, if that was the case. I did think it was a little bit disrespectful of Eddie Jones to to say it, it wasn't rugby and it was like the it was an Australia v New Zealand cricket match, 
and oh, bowling underarm. Bowled underarm on the last, last ball. ball. Love they it. Need Love it. Six. Have that. Um, <laughs> the, the bowling underarm is a bit. That's definitely unsportsmanlike. Don't care. Definitely. Whereas Don't I, care. I, win. I quite like. I actually quite like this as a, as a tactic. No, what what I would just say one last point on this before we get into the other games, which yeah. were also very good. Oh yeah. I'm, I was almost a little bit disappointed that um, Conor O'Shea, Brennan, Venter didn't hold their nerve because. So what happens if Italy play very well in the first half, or as well as they're possibly, and they're within one score, and then immediately after half-time, they roll the dice and start this tactic? Yeah. If they were within, if Italy were within one score, and then they started doing this, yeah, England, England would also. not have reacted. Well, I, I thought of it the other way around. I thought, what if they just came out and played normal rugby? So England have got this like this plan. So I I had a thought. I was talking to someone in RGC. There you go. Um, ring that bell. Ding. Um, <laughs> and they were looking at the stats. This is two years ago, but they were looking at like the stats of their league, which they were going to go into from the last year. So they're about to get promoted. So they read the stats from the previous year yeah. to see what the trends were, and then they designed their game plan for next year around those trends, yeah. like everybody else does. Yeah. But surely. That isn't the the way the way to do it, is it? The the way to do it is to see to read those trends, build a game plan, <laughs> and then build a game plan to, to beat your own game plan because yeah, that's yeah. the game plan everyone else will be using. You got to be one game plan ahead. Yeah, and that's what yeah. Italy should have done, really. And well, I, I well, actually think that this will become a tactic um, like in power plays. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. So they'll turn it on for fifteen minutes. Yeah. yeah, and just yeah, completely change everything because as soon as you start, so. As soon as you're weak at the breakdown, you're not expecting any man to go in, then that's the perfect time to actually start flooding the breakdown as, as a defensive exactly. unit. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that's where it might have so, interesting uses and, and tactical application. And also, do you want to use this tactic against the All Blacks or Fiji? You know, if if the counter to it is to keep the ball alive for multiple phases, <laughs> it doesn't sound like a, a no. great strategy. No. It's a little bit. I thought Eddie Jones saying it wasn't rugby is a little bit like uh, someone, a boxing person, saying that Muhammad Ali in the Rumble in the Jungle, letting letting George Foreman punch himself out, wasn't boxing. Rope a dope. Yeah, yeah, rope a dope trick. Uh, and it, it will be so next weekend. I feel sorry for every single referee who is going to referee uh, like, from from tier three downwards. And that is what it is going to be chaos. And that is what uh, maybe not not in Matt Dawson's defence. He doesn't need me to defend him or anything, but. Um, I don't think it was low. I think he gave an opinion, but he, he did back up in his tweets. He said... Are you going for dinner with him or something? He just said, just imagine what life will be like for referees next week. And it was interesting to watch it for one game. I do not want to watch game I'll, after game like that. I'm quite interested to see. I think it, it will be used as a power play. Yeah. I don't, I don't mm. think it's posed a problem because I think the counter to it is, is far more exciting than the actual yeah. ploy itself. Yeah. So from... Well, you're talking about um, some leadership or lack of yeah, well, leadership. Just, just one thing, just to clarify, um, the, uh, David Molyneux on our f- Facebook uh, live feed, hello, David, and other viewers, uh, he said the one metre thing was, and this explains this for me and maybe for you guys as well, uh, you can pull a player into a ruck if, if he's standing within one, one metre ah. of right. the ruck. So there you go. So yeah, I was Thank looking, you, David. I was looking for that in the law book. So has that been a, a clarification since then? Was that not from then? the Chiefs? I'm sure they circulated something like, this is not rugby and this is what we're going to do. Like, uh, did, did, did World Rugby say it wasn't in the spirit of the game? Yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, David Molyneux then followed it up and said, um, have any of you podcasters tried to borrow a cup of sugar outside a Paris nightclub? 
<laughs> oh, <laughs> we... well, we'll talk about that in the midweek domestic podcast. That is a club. Yes. That's a club matter, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Sorry. Well, maybe maybe we maybe we're maybe we're better talking about that today because by midweek there might be some further developments in that. Oh case. yes, you're quite right. Um, um, yes. So if you didn't see the headlines, it was James O'Connor. No, well, the French police outside a nightclub in Paris. Why did he ask the French police for them? Uh, for it, arrested, um, <laughs> ar- arrested Ali Williams, James O'Connor, and two, well thought to be known drug dealers in France or suspected drug dealers outside a Paris nightclub uh, and Ali Williams I, and James O'Connor had two grams of cocaine on them. Well, yes. You know, let, let, look. And, let, and apparently Ali Williams was in the car with these two chaps and James O'Connor was stood outside the car thought to be as lookout. The most inconspicuous lookout. Yeah, with his Justin Bieber hair. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Ble- old bro, watch the car. Bleach blonde haired international rugby do you know, player. Do you know what? I, I, don't, I don't care about this. I mean, it's one of those things like... I don't. I, James O'Connor sure has got a bit of rugby left in him. Uh, Ali Williams, if he's not retired, he will be very, very soon. Is that what, is that what they call it these days on the street? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, a grammar rugby. Ali Williams, so he retired... And then he was employed as Dan Carter's minder in uh, Paris. Way, Dan, and then he came out of retirement yeah, yeah, to play for Racing. Can I just say, yeah. Dan Carter's been, uh, <laughs> been, been, <laughs> been listening to him. Uh, yeah. He's been listening to him quite intently by his hands. I know. Minded, so he's Dan Carter's minder, supposed to be keeping him out of trouble. <laughs> One week ago, Dan Carter gets arrested for drink driving. And the week later, the minder, the sensible <laughs> one, is buying cocaine. Uh, yeah, I guess, I, I guess it's just good culture, isn't it? Really, <laughs> good culture, bro. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Oh, speaking of culture, speaking of culture, before we depart <laughs> England, uh, there was an article in the paper this week. Did yes. you see it? Where the... Dylan Hartley insists that an England player cleans the dressing room before they leave. Yes, like always on the dressing room, I, like the All Blacks that they're trying to emulate. I can imagine. I, 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 on our Facebook feed, we have a book uh, in between <laughs> JB and Phil. The House of Lancaster is is yeah. uh, in the rugby dungeon, and. Uh, that was one of that was one of Stuart Lancaster's uh, uh, it's just, it's, culture it's, points. It's idiotic, isn't it? You know, you got these high level, top, world class athletes, and you're making them sweep things. It's just stupid. The whole thing's stupid. <laughs> it's what I, what I don't like about it is the need to tell everyone. Yeah, exactly. It's like giving to charity, but telling everyone you're giving to charity. Yeah, post it on Facebook. Look at me. I've just I've just given fifty there's a, to charity. There's exactly. a great um, Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where Ted Danson. Um, and uh, do you watch Kirby Enthusiasm? I've seen, I've seen bits of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like it's it. brilliant. So Larry David and Ted Danson are both donating to this hospital and uh, Ted Danson does it does it anonymously. His wing is anonymous and everyone goes up to him, still knows it's him and goes, pats <laughs> him on the back. Oh, you're amazing. You're incredible. You're incredible. And Larry David has his name on it but didn't know not to make it anonymous and everyone <laughs> frowns upon him. So yeah, Ted Danson did it anonymously, but lo- you know, just the word got out. So yeah, the word's getting out about England's culture. Yes. Anyway, but you were saying, Phil. Well, going from some leadership or questionable leadership onto perhaps some more, because I think it'd be good to discuss Scotland-Wales. Mm. Go on then. Absolutely. I think, I think leadership is a theme... In 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 this weekend or lack of, yeah, uh, I've got a big issue with with Alan Wynne Jones uh, as as a captain. I mean, so it was two weeks ago, the uh, no three two rounds ago, three weeks ago now the Ireland game, and we were on this podcast saying 
Why didn't he take points? Yeah, yeah. He had easy points on offer and he opted to, to kick to the corner. And it, same again in the England game? Sixteen, Yeah, same again in the England game. And then 16-13 down. Ireland game, England game. Uh, did not happen in the Ireland game as well? No, they've not played Ireland. Oh, not played in Ireland. Yeah. Oh, fr- uh, whatever the first Italy. game. Italy. Italy. Oh, no, maybe uh, not. Maybe not. No, it was just the England game then. Um, and then 16-13, 50-odd, 60 minutes on the clock, three points down, kick in a reasonable kicking position, not out of range for anyone. What, what did you see that that went on there? I, you know, I didn't see this event. I didn't. I, so it didn't really register to me. So uh, I thought he said, "We'll go for the sticks." That the referee uh, actually pointed at the sticks, and then Dan Bigger said, "No, not going for the sticks." Is Dan Bigger not limping? Don't fancy point? it. But halfpenny be kicking anyway. Surely, that's interesting. Don't know. Um, and it was overridden. But I, so it, there is two parts. There's one. Which is, I, I thought, once the referee has signalled, once you've told the referee and he's signalled at the post, yeah. you have to take the kick. Um, and two, Alan Wynne Jones, if if he's captain and he wants to go for the the post, he should be going for the post, and nothing else should change that. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, you, this is peculiar, isn't it? Because I just thought, well, maybe bigger doesn't fancy it, and that's a perfectly legitimate reason not to go for sticks, even if the captain uh, yeah. wants it. Well, what in that circumstance, if it's right on the edge of his range, you'd say, um, Lee or Dan, whatever it is, do you fancy it? How are you feeling? If it's from 54 metres and you know it's right on the edge of the range, you'd ask the question. But that this was in range. It, it was wide. It was far out, but it was well within range. It, was, it wasn't an easy kick, but it was a kickable penalty. I, I look at it like this. It was a bit like, do you remember the, well, I don't want to bring it up, Rob Shaw... Yeah, yeah, George Ford committee and other players getting involved against uh, Twickenham against Wales in the World Cup. Yeah, and uh, it seemed like there was a committee on it rather and, than and a leader, rather than someone. And it was it felt a little bit like Alan Wynne Jones was sort of standing back a, a little bit, and it felt like Dan Bigger was sort of running the show. So Alan Wynne Jones said, "We'll go, we'll go for post," and then Dan Bigger came in, grabbed the ball, and went, "We'll go for the corner, Al, shall we?" Yeah, we'll go for the corner. I don't know. I mean, and Alan Wynne Jones didn't kind of. Didn't didn't say no, and I understand you. Yeah, you need to get the kicker to go. Yeah, I'm on for this. But he had Lee Halfpenny. He could have asked if Dan Bigger didn't want to do it, and Alan Wynne Jones still well, I wanted to that kick. Lee Halfpenny would have done it anyway, and that's why it's weird. Yeah, that that is because why. it's not him not fancying it, saying no, no, Lee's not doing it either. And it seemed yeah. like it seemed like Sam Warburton was involved in this as well. It seemed like it was more Dan War- uh, Dan Warburton, Dan Bigger, and Sam Warburton well, than Alan Wynne Jones as captain. Now. That's fine if that's how you run your team. What I didn't like was after the game, Alan Wynne Jones then saying to the press, "Oh yeah, I, w- I wanted to go for the post, but the kickers didn't want to." He threw, as far as I'm concerned, he threw his kickers under the bus and didn't didn't accept responsibility. Didn't accept for responsibility. His yeah. So if you're a captain on the field, if your decision, it, whatever the decision you do, whether you mm. go for the corner and go, "All right, Dan, you'd rather go for the corner." Fine, we'll go with that. Still own that decision as captain. Yeah. Don't palm it off and go. He didn't want to, so he did what he wanted. Unless there's a so either there's a little faction there in the in the Welsh team and Dan Bigger was just doing what he wants and, and not listening but either way I just I don't like the look from Alan Wynne-Jones and I think piecing this together with the other bits of evidence there's no doubt about what he's like as a player but I don't want to trust him as Lions captain is there an element yeah. of just a bit of hindsight here I mean if it, you know if what had happened had come off they went for the corner they scored scored a try um, everyone might be tempted to do the whole All Blacks thing and say, yeah, well, we'd have a captain, but actually we have several captains and there's a leadership committee <laughs> and, you know, it's all decentralised and this is the new the newfangled thing. Uh, you know, so 
if it goes well, everyone's happy. If not, and it's same with Rob Shaw. I mean, I never criticised Rob Shaw for for, for the line um, uh, for the lineout. To, to be fair, because if it went okay, he would have been a hero. Um, it is. It's, things are very easy with hindsight, aren't they? Yeah. Very, the no, second bit though about the own the decision that that is more worrying because he should. I mean. They should all have been on the same page, which is yeah. Well, we made the decision for this, that, this, yeah. that, and the other reason, and stuck with that. So, yes. Yeah, so, so I think we're all broadly in agreement there. But that that was a small part of the game. Well, no. So, so just on that one, do, like Alan Wynne Jones, if 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 people, are, it's sort of an assumption. I think that he's going to end up as Lions captain. I've I've got really it's, serious reservations about it. I don't even think he's. I think he's not even on form one of the best two locks but I could I could be quite happy with him in the side but I just don't think he's I, I've got I, I, big reservations about his leadership well, well I mean if, if you if you don't think he's a form lock and that's completely your opinion throw, um, throw, um, throw him on the wing instead of George, George North because he'd be equally <laughs> as effective yeah, completely with you on that mate uh, yes yeah well I was going to say there's some amazing Scotland performance but maybe we should go say yeah George North didn't have a particularly good game. George North was treated like a five-year-old by uh, Tim Visser. Yeah, and Tim Visser opposite him had a brilliant game. I think if best if, game seen him play, I think. Yeah, he would have been very, very close to being man of the match if Finn Russell hadn't been a hundred percent kicker uh, and played superbly all round. Yeah, no, Visser would Tim Visser's like he looks like a the V on his back. He's like a GQ shape, isn't he? <laughs> he, he, he yeah, I mean. I tell you what, between Maitland and Visser, they've got some handsome wingers. <laughs> now, I've been on um, on Maitland's back a little bit about his performances of late. Uh, but I think I'm kind of justified because this week, uh, the difference between how Visser plays with that oh. certainty and that power compared to Maitland of late, who's just been so hes- so hesitant every time he gets the ball, makes a world of difference. Yeah. Yeah, Visser was outstanding. And... There was a few. There wasn't just one moment. There was a number of moments where he completely outplayed George North, including picking him up Pick- and carrying him into touch, uh, which was brilliant. That- um, he beat him one on one in the five meter channel. Yeah, where he I stepped love that. inside I and outside. It. That's that's the kind of boast that you hear, isn't it, from like wingers from 1960? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Davy McDougall used to say I could beat anyone in five yards of space, and then you go and beat a dentist, you know, playing for Leicester. <laughs> uh, like it's. It's quite incredible uh, yeah. that you can do it in the, in the professional ranks. But what has happened to George North, though, I do not know. No. Uh, George North didn't look like the same player. I don't think he's... So, I, I've said it before, he wouldn't be anywhere near my lines to team no. on form. No way. He wouldn't wouldn't even be close. Do, do, do you think he was just fulfilling the Cuthbert role? I was going to say, it had, I don't think he's got the, in a way, I feel a bit sorry for Alex Cuthbert because George North is getting <laughs> yeah. getting very little stick. And if Alex Cuthbert oh, had God. played and oh, done the God. things that George North did, oh, he would have been absolutely rinsed unless, unless, by us as much as anyone. Unless yeah. finally we've realised what that is the Welsh game plan to have one clown, uh, uh, one clown on the wing at all times. Well, you need a scapegoat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> George, what it is. George will be playing scapegoat. Liam, you'll be a hero. That's what it is. Um, I, I feel I've been a little bit unfair to, to Alan Wynne Jones, and I, I just want to balance things up a little bit by saying I, I might have not liked his his captaincy being um, decisive enough with regards to the kicking, but the way he slapped Fraser Brown on the ass in one of the rucks <laughs> was uh, was like something. Well, that was a bright spot in an otherwise poor second <laughs> half for Wales. Um, did you see that? No, I did I've not see so, that. So Alan, Alan Wynne Jones uh, arrives at a, at a ruck. And Fraser Brown's kind of lying, kind of in a possibly illegal position. 
rather than ruck him out the way, Alan Wynne Jones just decides to, and you can hear it on the camera. <laughs> And you can just no, see naughty, him slapping, naughty, slapping naughty. his ass. It's, if you've got the energy to slap someone on the backside, you've got the energy to rock them out of the way. But it was like, it was like 50 shades of uh, grey or 50, 50 shades of brown. 50, Sorry. Yeah. yeah. 50 uh, shades of Johnny and Richie Grey. You know, back to the captaincy thing. There is a criticism of Alan Wynne-Jones. I think he's a fine player. I mean, I oh, think yeah, he is, no, he's no doubt player. about that. He's, I mean, he's won a couple of Pro 12 titles, I guess, but no big shakes in Europe. No. Uh, He's yeah. he's won a couple of grand slams as a player. Yeah. He's he's won a he, he captained a successful Lions team for that for that final yes. two, two tests was it? Uh, scrap that thought. It's completely unfair. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. He's he's absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, Sam Warburton did, did did play well though, and I wonder if he's playing his way into yeah. Lions captain content, contention again. Well, on on that front, and it will kind of link us into Scotland. How about this as a question? So. Wales had the most players of any nation in the last Lions tour. Will they have the fewest on this tour or will Warren Gatland or do they deserve to have the fewest on this tour but maybe Warren Gatland will show his loyalty to his his favourites? No idea. Zero idea on this. Uh, Well, on merit and on on form, I would argue Wales uh, probably... Uh, Warburton. Don't argue. War- say it. Predict okay. it. Okay. Well, no, I'm not going to predict. I'm not going to predict. <laughs> hear me now. Believe me later. No, yeah, go I, on, Tim. I, let's I, hear it. I predict that um, Warren Gatlin will take more Welshmen than I then think uh, than I think deserve it. So, uh, but I think Warburton will deserve it. Alan Wynne Jones will deserve it. Possibly Ken Owens because Hooker's a bit of a weak spot. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about and and in the back line, Liam Williams and I kind of what about potentially stop there, Scott Williams. Potentially, because inside centre is a weak a spot. Difficult, yeah, it's a hard position. Um, I think if you take this Six Nations in isolation, and maybe not just the Six Nations, the Six Nations and the Autumn Internationals where Wales didn't play well, if you just look at those, I think you'd have probably only those guys. Ah, sorry, but you the, missed two guys. Um, Reese Webb. Oh, was, sorry, of course Reese Webb. Yeah, completely. Yeah. The other guy, right, I've been thinking, thinking, thinking about this, is the backup scrum half, Gareth Davis. Now, that sounds ma- like no, madness. No, it doesn't sound like madness because it is a weak spot. Hooker, scrum half, inside centre are the three trouble spots for the Lions. Do you think yeah. scrum half? I think, I think you've got... Murray, oh, sorry. Connor Murray. Well, I mean, but like depth. You've got two Murray, You've got two really good ones and then you don't know. It's like, well... Murray Webb Davis. Pr- probably could end up being Laidlaw, but... Um, yeah, we'll it could be, could be Laidlaw. But it could be Young's or Kerr, depending on... Could yeah, be and the other thing about Wales, right, is you just need to think about their starting 15 and then gauge... Who in that starting 15 deserves to go? Because behind it, there isn't an awful lot. No. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. So it's not like you've got, um, you know, Elliot Daly and Jack Knoll and some and, and someone else. Once you've gone through at fifteen, if you don't think there's anyone worth going, you're going to struggle. It's not well, going to be Gareth Anscombe, is it? The the point that I was going to make was 
So if you just look at the last last few Wales games, you are struggling a bit, but you've got a number of guys who've got a lot of experience and a lot of credit already. Mm. So guys like Falatau, like Alan Wynne Jones, like oh, Jonathan, yeah. like Jonathan Davies, like North like Halfpenny, who've got huge amounts of experience and huge amounts of credit, albeit their form right now is not great. And I would expect that Gatlin will trust a few of those because he knows I think them. Falatau is one of the guys who'll be nailed on. Yeah, Falatau will. He, he will go, but he, but if you were just if picking you just on pick form... It, yeah, if you just he, pick... He, well, did, he did not look how good. How about Moriarty? Um, he's a six for me. But he'll go, right? Maybe. That six is one of the hot, most hotly contested positions. Not again. eight, no? Uh, I don't let Falatau, CJ, Nathan Hughes, Billy. That is also a hotly contested position. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe, maybe he doesn't then. I I don't think he will because he he. Um... Oh, someone's Instagramming. Well, I'm oh. just I'm just trying out Instagram Live as well. We're Facebook Live. We're Instagram Live at the same time. What's wrong with covering all no, bases? No, no, absolutely. Just give it a try. See, there's already four people watching on that already, and that's Perfect. just that's in that's, that's in four seconds. Wow. So anyway. We're such hip kids now, aren't we? Yeah. Hip cats, that's um, what they call it on the street. Going on to the Scotland team. Yes, well, because this, 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 well, this, before we get to that, and let's segue between the two. So Wales, maybe on form, could have the, the least number of internationals of any of the home nations yep. going, Sorry, can I represented amongst the Lions squad. Rob Howley is going on the Lions tour, isn't he? Oh, God. Have, I, have I made that up? Don't remind me. No, he, he's going. Oh, my word. I mean, I just feel sorry enough for Wales as it is, uh, having Rob Howley. I mean, well, I think that's a little unfair. Uh, uh, do you really? But Did yeah. you watch the game yesterday? They were clueless. I think, I think you might have a point. I just feel it's unkind. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word! I know. I just feel sorry for him. He just, you know, he looks like a man that shouldn't shouldn't be be there. He, like, it's not like he is a world class coach who's been parachuted in and doing a terrible job. He's a guy that shouldn't be there. I just feel bad that he's getting so much of a hammering. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, it isn't good. No, it isn't good. But then the way the way Wales are playing isn't good. They um they, they don't they just can't attack. They they're so predictable. They did. They finished off the Liam Williams try very nicely. Um, even half halfpenny made a pass. Yes, which is pass. astonishing. But it, yeah. it was it was Scott Williams who uh, made the long pass, which made it all possible. Well, he, he, in in this tournament, he's made a couple of uh, try scoring passes in, yeah. in that fashion. So again, maybe he's one that's on the on, on would make the squad. Um, but Scotland, on the flip side, could have the most number of Scottish players on the plane that they've had in many many years. And here's a little teaser for you. Ooh. And uh, whether you're watching on Facebook Live, Instagram Live, see if you can guess these. Howley is a bum is just one comment that's just been left <laughs> oh, nice, see the, the calibre of Instagram is perhaps not what it is on uh, <laughs> some of the other uh, channels uh, so um, can you name the last five Scotland players to have played in a Lions test match in yes test, almost certainly in a test match in yeah. a test match I, I can do that okay come on then gents Maitland um, he was on the bench didn't play oh for the first <laughs> hurdle alright no I can't it's in Sure, oh, I, th- Hog- I think that's right. He was on the bench in the first test, but didn't play in 2013. So, Hog travelled in 2013, but uh, he, he, presumably he didn't play because Halfpenny started. Yep, he didn't. He didn't, didn't play, play. He didn't play in a test match. Uh, um, if I just tell you the last player to start a Lions test. No, no, no. I want to guess. Okay. Was it all the way back in South Africa? No. But well, it- well, which South Africa? <laughs> no. Which South Africa? <laughs> 
Uh, well, if I tell you, the last player to start... I mean, there are people that have come off the bench. Was it Murray in, in, in South Africa? No, how on. So... Let yeah, me... you and Murray. Perhaps. Well, let's go. Let's go back. So, 2013. I was talking about you get you guess memory. you guess there was one person who featured in the final test for 12 minutes in 2013, and that, and that was the only Scotland player that played any part in any test match so, in 2013. Right, so, the last one was is it, uh, the last one was 2013. Yeah, yeah, of course yeah. it was. Um, so, in the la- in the final test match, and that would have been uh, Richie Gray. <laughs> It was Richie Gray. Richie, uh, Richie Gray in 2013 played 12 minutes in the final test. Uh, Sean Maitland was an unused replacement on the bench. Did Ryan Grant go? Uh, you, I, I don't yeah, know. I don't, he I, was called up as a replacement, he wasn't he? was on holiday there. No. But this this is people who started a test match. Yeah. So then, so one into... Oh, oh, oh. No, no, he, didn't, he definitely didn't start, but he was called up. And he's Irish, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, so there was so, Tommy Court. So there was yeah. <laughs> so there was one in two thousand and thirteen. In two thousand and nine, there was none. No, none. no Scottish player involved in any in any test, was, any test match Zealand. squad. That, no, right. that was South Africa two thousand nine. Oh yeah, of course it was. So New Zealand was the one before that. New Zealand was two thousand and five, so and was, there was none involved in any test match in that right. tour. So I can nail this because I'm actually pretty good at this. Um, okay, so it was Tom Smith. It would have been, I think. Uh, oh, Andy Nichol was on the bench. Um, let me. Uh, so Tom me... Smith is the last player to have started a test match for Scotland in a Lions Test, two thousand and one. Wow! Uh, which isn't that unreal? Fifteen, sixteen years ago, it is unreal. And uh, then wow. before that, it was Scott Murray in the second row. Nope. Was it not? Nope. He was the Bunch... only. He was the only person in the two thousand and one tour. Birch Pountney. So the last time there was more than. Well, so we, we've had one person off the bench in two thousand and thirteen. Oh, um, Gregor Townsend. The time before Gregor that. Townsend. Alan Tate and Tom Smith and Rob Wainwright was a, a replace or was a replacement. So you have to go back to 1997 for Scotland to have any more than one person involved in a matchday squad, and they've actually only had Richie Gray and Tom Smith between this tour between 2013 and 97. Wow. Where, whereas you look at them now, and who would you who would you think is not not just on the in the squad, but who do you think's got a realistic shot at a Test start? Seymour Hogg. Seymour Hogg. Definitely. I mean, yeah. Visser, 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 yeah. Visser against one of the stars of the last Lions tour completely outplayed him. It wasn't even close. No. It wasn't even close. Um, Greys? In, in the pack, yeah. One of the Greys is definitely... Nell? Because I've not been impressed with any props yet. Um, Ro- Nell, Nell does have a chance. Alan Hardyman's a joker on here. He said Ross Ford. I <laughs> know oh, maybe he was guessing at one of the people that <laughs> yeah, been involved yeah, yeah. before. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely toured with the Lions, hasn't he, Ross Ford? Banter. Um who yeah, it's, it's actually quite it's actually quite a few. Ladle, no. Um maybe No, Strauss isn't close, is he, because of the amount of eights. Maybe one of the sevens, but I doubt that. Yes, uh, oh, and Tim Swinson. So Swinners. <laughs> <laughs> but they could realistically have between three to five starters in a Lions team. Yeah. I'd which, so. when you actually look at their record, that is incredible. Well, that's like the last 20 years. Or exactly. More, better than the last, the whole of the last 20 years combined. Yeah. So, that, that that as an illustration of where Scotland are at and how incredible it is that they find themselves in the position they're in. And let's be fair, the job Vern Cotter has done. And do you think, and, oh. and again, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but are Scotland mad to be letting Vern Cotter go? I was thinking about this. This could 
I've, I've thought about this a few times recently, but this could blow up in their face. Because if Fern Cotton... They, Scotland are actually in Sorry, a position... Fern Cotton. Fern Cotton. Scotland, they do actually have a chance of winning the whole thing, as in winning the Six Nations. Yeah. And they've also got a chance of winning their first ever Six Nations triple triple crown. Is that right? They've never won a triple crown so since... No. Since uh, the Six Nations started in 2000. Extraordinary. Um, and if... So if... Fern Cotton wins the thing. It's gonna you're gonna have taken Glasgow's uh director of rugby and who who has turned Glasgow around, turned them into a very, very good team. And, and ten ten of that starting lineup for yeah. Scotland were Glasgow. So it's like the foundations for the Scotland team. You're almost destroying the foundations and the house itself yeah. in one well, foul swoop. Well, hang on. So one of the questions I ask myself, and I'll now expand expand this question to you boys as well, is is the success of Scotland based around Glasgow's success, or is it based Post- around Vern Cotter's success? And I'm not sure that's as clear cut as we think. I I don't think you can have one without the other. Yeah. So the kind of yeah, I, I completely see what you're saying. They're going to tear down the whole thing. But on the other hand, Glasgow are in rude health to the point that they're now shipping off players who a few years ago they would kill for, and they're now being shipped off to Edinburgh. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. They're going to get one of the world's best coaches in, yeah. Dave, in Dave Rennie. Um, and also, Cockers is going to go to Edinburgh. So, you know, I think they're going to go from strength to strength. Yeah, you might be right. and It might be, might, maybe I'm being overly negative. But it does it, it does feel like um, Fern Cotton's done a, a brilliant job. And he's not really getting the appreciation he, he perhaps deserves. That's that's where I'm coming from. I might have missed a couple, by the way. Potentially, Ross Ford was a sub in the third test in '09, and but I don't know. I don't know. Was he an used sub? And, nah. and and Gordon Bol- Gordon Bullock in the third test in '05. I'll check. I'll check on that one. Thank you, Facebook Live, for keeping me honest. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, I, it's a risk for Scotland, and with the World Cup two years away, I think it's a risk that. And again, it's easy to say with hindsight. I think it's a risk that is looking like an unnecessary one to have taken with the trajectory they're on and where Fern Cotton has uh, has got them and where, where they're looking like they're going. I, I it's hope a risky one, isn't it? It is a risk. It's a risk. It's, it's a risk. And, interestingly, this Scotland, by beating Wales by a margin of more than 15 points, or 15 points, they were beaten by 16 points, didn't they? Yeah. They got extra ranking points by beating Wales by more than 15, Scotland rise to their highest ever world ranking of fifth. Wow. And Wales drop to ninth, which means they're currently in the group of death position. Yeah, but that's exactly where they want to be, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Should we be looking at um, Wexit? From tier one for Wales. Yeah, yeah, yeah why not? Um, <laughs> throw in Georgia, see what happens. Oh, I, actually, Georgia are playing Wales. Aren't they in the autumn? Yeah, it's great to see. It is good to see. Oh, well, on that one, no, I don't want to necessarily depart this game if there's other things we need to talk about, but just as you brought it up, what did you make of John Fee and the CEO of the Six Nations, which I understand is a corporation and a business? Yep, yep. Um, the, his, his comments... Saying um, it's it's not our, it's not our job to, it's not our, up to us to develop other unions. Yeah, he's absolutely right. And um, I, 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 I I guess that you'd have that. Yeah, he's absolutely uh, right. I mean, cutthroat black and white approach. There's, there's JB. so much belly aching and crocodile tears. Oh, you know that isn't his job. 
you know, his his job is mm. to look after the shareholders who own the you know the the business of the Six Nations. And he and he is he's absolutely absolutely right. And I'm not going to get into you know what I think should happen next because I've said it you know over and over again. But this is the man's job. Let him do his job. We don't all need to be continually virtue signaling at, every, at everyone else. Oh, hold on, order... Jay, J- mate. People can disagree with your opinion without virtue signaling. It's, it's tough. People can have a different opinion. <laughs> tough. Um, <laughs> but my, my opinion on it is, and if you didn't see it, John Fian said um, when asked about the, the structure of the Six Nations and Italy and how they hadn't been competing in Georgia and do we need to give them more support, he said that there's no... What, what did he say? There's no vacancy. There isn't in, a vacancy. A, He's absolutely right. There's no vacancy. It's not our job to develop other unions. Now, my perspective on that would be um, it may not be what he wants he may not want relegation promotion he may not want or care about georgia well no actually yeah he may not however he he needs to recognize that he works and his success is based on this amazing competition that he's built is in an ecosystem of rugby success and it's in everybody's interest all organizations all rugby clubs at all levels all teams all people involved um, to, to grow rugby as much as we can. Yeah, and I, and I, I thought, thought, though, is it? And I thought the way that he expressed himself and his views, I, I thought was, um, I'm, I thought actually pretty deplorable, to be honest. And I, I, I... sounds a bit, a little bit vir- virtue signaling to me. I no, mean, no, no. Just no a man you're, doing you're like, job. mate. Do you know what? It's a bit like when, when, when Donald Trump says, if there's stuff that he doesn't agree with Love or it. like in the media, he says, oh, that's not true. Or fake news. But like, it isn't fake, call, is it? Calling is a different, calling a different opinion, virtue signalling. <laughs> it's pretty. You know. <laughs> look, I, he's just doing a job, and we all need to get over it. I mean, quite frankly, he he is wrong. He's wrong that it's full. Um, it's actually oversubscribed. Italy should be out, um, and Georgia should not join join the Six Nations for a number of reasons. Now, World Rugby should get their act together and make sure they have their their international space in the autumn. But uh, no, he you know he's he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right, um, right, uh, right, right to say so. So no issues here. Anything else from Scotland? I want to hear your view. To, oh, uh, Phil. we've we've spoken about Georgia during the Six Nations. No, 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 he not is... about Georgia. About 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 um, so his... a high profile f- um, figure in Dublin. A high profile. I think I, I would imagine World Rugby will be absolutely furious about his comments. So, Probably. So, if you take just the literal word. All he's said is that's not part of our mandate for the Six Nations, which it's not part of their mandate. But I agree with you, Tim, that it, it is in his interest to to grow the game. But he's not saying that he's not growing the game. He's just saying that he's not. It's not part of his mandate to um, yeah. to let Georgia in. In the same way, it's not you know part of Eddie Jones's mandate to you know, grow the you know Georgia national team. It's just not his job. I will just say this: an interesting thing which I, I thought the other day when. Romania beat Germany. Yep. Sorry, Germany beat Romania. Yes. Uh, I mean, my thing is keep these teams together, keep this competition going because it's only going to grow, 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 grow and grow. And a few years ago, it was Romania who were going to be the seventh team of, of of the Six Nations. Now it's Georgia. If you had removed Romania, well, a few years ago it was going to be Romania that was with the sixth team. Yeah, Rom- yeah, Romania yeah, yeah. were in the very first World yeah. Cup. I mean, if you if you had removed Romania, Germany wouldn't. Um, uh, well, Germany wouldn't have been able been able to play them, and if you remove Georgia, well, then what are you going to do about Romania? So what I'm trying to say is, you need to keep these teams together playing and improve them as as a 
as, as a, a whole, as a unit. I, yeah, as a unit. I, I'm, I'm not, Rather I'm not, dis- I'm not disagreeing or agreeing with that. I, I'm just saying that I think, uh, as a high-profile figure, I think his comments were, um, they, they were honest, co- contrary they? to everybody's interests no, no, and, and not, can, not, in, not, in in the, not in the interest of the game of rugby. Because, you, you, you can be honest without, without, but you can, you can. Um, he was honest though, yeah. You can. Was he honest? I think he was really careless and really. No, no, that wasn't what I asked. Was he honest? Huh? Well, was he honest? I mean, it was a pretty honest answer. You, you can't d- disagree with that. Okay. It doesn't mean I have to like it. No, 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 absolutely no. not. It's just it was. It, it's just the way. Just the way of the world. And there are other people doing extremely good work with, um, with Georgia. It, it, I don't think it's down to him. Uh, Actually, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's down to him. I'm just saying it's down to down to everyone, and I think we should be a bit more open-minded about growing the game in general. And I'm I, I'm I'm guessing that World Rugby would be pretty furious with um with with his comments if I had to guess. Mm. Um, I actually think that you before Georgia have anything, they need the infrastructure behind them. Exactly. So they they need to get a. a team playing professionally in yeah. a, a European league. Oh, you don't mean the actual infrastructure to get to the stadium? Because that's another problem. And, I'm, and well, that's no. not me being flippant either. It well, is a problem. No, they've, they've got a 50,000-seater stadium that they fill out yeah, every home there. game. As in... The international travel, the fans, it isn't easy. No, no, but they they need... The, the only way that that's going to set up is actually getting a team, a domestic team, yeah. playing. So ha- a so, Jaguaris-style so, team. So just, as a fli- mm. just as a flip side, he could have been just as honest... He, I, I, maybe he doesn't agree with this, but actually, if I was in the position of the Six Nations, he could have said, there are no plans to include Georgia. We don't think that's in the interest of the game. However, we think the development of Georgia, Romania, Germany, Spain is absolutely vital to the long-term success of the game and European rugby, and we're going to do X, Y, and Z to try and help. Uh, well, there you I, go, done. Well, I'd, I'd be happy. World, world rugby would be happy. Georgia would be happy. To, to, to be fair, I haven't seen the whole interview. There's no, I mean, I'd be amazed if he didn't say something to, to that effect late, um, later on or before. But, that, but that we don't know. We that doesn't sell news, newspapers, though. No, exactly not. Clicks. Exactly not. And we do like, as a um, a media con- consuming society, just to take one paragraph and run with it. So well, it, you know, that's why it doesn't bother me. Did too you much. read the recent headline that was Wales cancer test match in Tonga? Sorry. There was a recent headline. Go on. Wales cancelled test match in Tonga. No, I had not heard this. Which is a bit rugby clickbait-ish because I I clicked on it thinking, uh, oh, that's terrible if they were going to play a game in Tonga. Um, and it's now being moved to New Zealand. But only because the Tongan Union haven't got their act together and sorted out the stadium. So the what sta- a surprise. The stadium will be partially under construction, so I, you can't host a test match I there. simply don't believe it. <laughs> the Tongan Union weren't, weren't competent. <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, perhaps there is more. Anyway, we've spoken about that far, far too much, and there is, was another very good game of rugby this week in Ireland, France. Yeah. Did you boys see that? Uh, yes, I did, actually. I certainly did. I mean... Uh, the point which is made about this time and time again, and I suppose it will be made until the man retires, how often can Johnny Sexton run a loop move and it still, <laughs> and it works? still works? So the first time he run it, or the first time when it, it really worked in that first half, Gail Ficku, who was defending in that 13 channel, he actually turned his back, he did like a 360, <laughs> <laughs> completely facing the wrong way. Like It was like he'd never seen anything like it. But it's what Johnny Sexton does Virtually every single time he gets the ball in that that position, yeah, I mean, and, it, and it work, works like a treat. Uh, 
I mean, what what's the and as the um, uh, form is temporary, class is permanent. What's the other one about um, style versus no, fashion versus style? Uh, I mean, there are some. <laughs> There are style, some... style and substance. Uh, not sure. No, yeah, there's. Um... Yeah, because there are some tactics that come and go. But Johnny Sexton's loop. <sighs> I mean, that that is style. That that will never go out of fashion. Exactly. That's it. Is it style never goes out of fashion? Yeah. Is there that, you go. Something like that. Style never goes out of fashion. What great broadcasting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it was so. It was interesting to see because Johnny Sexton has hardly played. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I'm oh, sorry. I just laughed at that. I was just reading some of the Facebook. Um, I'm, I'm just going to interrupt for this one just because okay, like, on. I interrupted it with a laugh. I might as well explain yeah. why go I was on, laughing. Far away. Martin Bell, when you were saying <laughs> you were saying about the infrastructure in Georgia's, uh, does he play at the, a- the AJ ground? Bell? Really difficult to get to. Martin Bell, do Georgia play at the AJ Bell then? Well, look, <laughs> um, I'm I'm genuinely looking forward to um, watching a game in, in uh, game in in Romania because it'll save time compared to going to the AJ Bell. Oh yeah. Much easier to get to. I apologise. You were making you were making a wonderful point about uh, Island France. <laughs> no, it's just uh, before the game, I was very interested to see how Johnny Sexton would go. Um, he's played. It feels like hardly any rugby in the past six months. He seems to be consistently injured and comes back for a couple of games and then gets injured again. But he is such a good player. Yeah, he just turns it on. He, it's he goes from nothing to international class 10 like that completely agree is he is he is he is he really small or are his shoulder pads massive (laughs) (laughs) he's he's not the most developed uh, as in strength and conditioning is not top of his priority list but he's remarkably strong as in some of the hits that he puts in on blokes much bigger than him um, are surprising he punches well above his weight I, I didn't think it was a, a great day for Sean O'Brien and CJ Stander. Who are, they are the same person, aren't they? After yeah. Um, yeah. a lot of research, I can conclusively confirm that. And if I were Ireland, um, my response to that would be, I think they don't need both of them in balance. You need Peter Omani. Yeah, which was the point that you were making a couple of and, weeks ago. And yeah, what would be wrong with starting with Sean O'Brien and bringing on CJ Stander for the last 30 minutes? Uh, yeah. <laughs> or it's not, vice versa. It's not a bad option. I... I, I I think so. France is obviously the biggest pack, and, yeah. And they are they're enormous, and the usual brutality of Sean O'Brien and CJ Sander is always going to be less effective versus France, but it will be more effective against other teams. It'll be interesting to see how they go on against Wales because they've got in Warburton and and um, Tipperick they've got two significantly lighter flankers. Yeah. Um, Although Warburton's a Big unit, isn't he? Warburton is he's a big yeah. lad, but he's built like a four hundred meter runner. Do you know what I mean? He's not, yeah, I know not what you big mean. like Stander is, and he looks and he looks like that um, character out of Ice Age. And he doesn't have the he doesn't um, like the, that the what, 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 what animal is he? I, I a sloth? Know. No, I don't know. Yeah, might be, yeah, Seth the sloth. I don't yeah, know. it might be a sloth. Facebook Live or Twitter yeah, yeah. or whatever at Rugby Podcast. Someone will tell us. Um, but they, so Warburton doesn't have anywhere near the kind of explosive power. Of O'Brien or CJ Sander, or as Gordon Darcy just ref- kept referring to it as farmer strength. F- yes, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I almost think that's 
that's not very fair. Say, hold on, he's worked really hard at that. He's grafted in the weights room for a decade. <laughs> oh, he's just got a bit of farmer strength. No, he's been stacking cows since he's been three years old. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, he doesn't need to work out uh, farmer. <laughs> it's, it's almost as embarrassing as doing players thank God. So, like, oh, right, well, you didn't work for it. No one else worked for it. God just prefers you. Yeah, God prefers you, doesn't like the other team. <laughs> yep. Uh, I suppose people like Hendo don't look like they should be... Uh, as strong as they are, maybe that's prop. That, that's that's kind of that. Ooh, whoa! Uh oh! Uh oh! Oh, I just got attacked by JB's vacuum cleaner. Mm-hmm. Dyson. Ooh, why's the vacuum cleaner in the dungeon? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the, the flanker battle will will be fascinating because I think p- players like Warburton, that leaner, fitter build, do tend to sort of grow like grow into games. Because, you know, it's like the old uh, McCaw saying, which is he doesn't care about being the strongest player for the first ten, it's the last ten. Yeah. So uh, that, that might play, play, play in something. France but... were blowing out their ass after 25 well, minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But do, do you know what? It didn't look good, did it, for the vaunted Irish front row, which is meant to be the Lions front row by all accounts? Um, They did all right. They had a, f- a couple of scrums where they uh, struggled. But I, th- I thought they did all right. Um, And I, th- I thought Rory Best did... did yeah, did play pretty well, and against that enormous French pack, he hit twenty-two out of twenty-two lineouts. That's which, pretty good, isn't it? Which yeah. is yeah. Could you do any better? <laughs> the percentages are up there. They're right up there, <laughs> certainly. When I was looking at the Irish team, uh, Sexton top comeback. I, I've just looking at my notes here. Sex, Sexton top comeback, like you say, just looked like he'd never been away. Yeah, Ringrose. I really like this guy. So I. He's a tough cookie. I'm in For two, a little lad. two minds. There. Yeah, I'm in two minds about Ringrose. So some of his attacking stuff is absolutely brilliant. His footwork's brilliant. Yeah, but he is half the size of some of the people he's playing against, yeah. and there are times when it, y- it you can tell. Was well, he, he 21 still though? Yeah, he's, he's, he's only he's, young. He's gonna oh. be. He's like, it's amazing. They're just growing, and they've had been in the laboratory going right. Bod, Bod, his <laughs> lifespan is uh, as a player is coming to an end. We need someone. Just yeah. got his he's impressive. Um, he's, he's very impressive. It's, it's the there's times when he takes it into contact, and it is like it's like Reese Priestland going into contact, which yeah. is never never a good yeah. look. Like just but, men against boys. But that's what I noticed in this France game is he obviously he actually took, as the game went on he started and let's just remember he made his debut, un- debut. Un- unexpected debut unexpectedly against the All Blacks. Yeah. And I just think he's oh, he is what, what he's already done already um, at international level is 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 hinting at a massive future. But he, but he really he, he trucked it up a couple of times as as the game went on. I also wrote Zebo terrible. He had a Zeebo he had a shocker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he had a he shocker. I, he does tend tend to do this. I mean, he for the last, since November since the All Blacks game he's been on a ridiculous high. Uh, he was great over on an Ali Williams James O'Connor high <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, he, you know he's been good at, good, good good in the Pro 12. Uh, I've watched one game over Christmas. Um, and, um, <laughs> you know, so far so good. I've you know I've got him as as a as a nailed online, but you're right. He did sort of crumble. Yeah, yeah. I was not impressed at all. Those are a few pretty basic errors. Someone who I thought had a big game, and in the context of Talupe Falatau not being back into form, Jamie Heaslip had a. He was, he was the one player in that Irish back row that. Yeah, and I thought he was done. So what yeah, I, yeah. What, what was it? Flat track bully. Flat track bully against yeah. against France, though. That, you yeah, know. he was class again. Um, yeah. When Siren, 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 Sarah, Sarah. They, the commentators love talking about how he's old. He's got some sort of old school, handsome French look. Yeah, 
It's a bit weird, <laughs> weird that. Um, I know yeah, when he way, made that he... when he made that break and he slipped tracked yeah. him back with those kind of that sort of floppy hair. He reminds me of the cartoon character. Uh, Dog Tanyon. Now, <laughs> I have actually gone back to look up Dog Tanyon, and he looks nothing like him. I can confirm. The way you say Dog Tanyon, <laughs> is, <laughs> I find it really interesting. Dog Tanyon. <laughs> um, was that, that was the cartoon uh, where he, he, he like he had his um, saber uh, sword thing, and he chopped up the apple. Yeah. In, in, when it was in the air. That yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I had a mate that um, nails are oh, I think it's like one then one four oh no it's what one of my best mates when I was a kid really fancied the the girl dog in that <laughs> <laughs> well I'll, I'll tell you what it is he doesn't look like Dog Tanyon uh, he looks like the the one which is basically a springer spaniel because because of the ears coming oh, there's, down there's Pathos and Aramos and one other I can't yeah remember. Yeah, bloody, tell you what, bloody good theme tune. <laughs> I'm sure DJ Spoonie could do a remix for uh, the Island Gamer in Cardiff. There, there, Obviously, this means nothing to anyone because this is a podcast, but Tim, just, can you see that? Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what yeah. you're saying. Baptist Serin, right? Yeah. He's got a Gallic style. Yeah. Um... Pretty in-depth analysis, that isn't it? It really was. <laughs> uh, another a co- another observation of this game was Nigel Owens. I do love the way he says "ooze, ooze." <laughs> yeah. How would you spell the way he's when he's telling <laughs> someone at the base of a ruck to use it? How would you spell the way he says it? Uh, don't ask me about spelling. E w z e. Oh no, double o z e. Double o z e. Ooze, 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 ooze it. And also Devon Toner. Um, I, I just again we've talked about this before, but he just does not look like a rugby player. <laughs> no, but he plays like one. He certainly does. And yes. I, I just on Twitter during the game just went rugby players that don't look like rugby players go, and uh, I just rattle through a team that our listeners have come up with. So in the well in the front row, props were quite difficult. Um, although Craig Taylor said Alan the disgrace to props Dell uh, should <laughs> be one. Absolute hunk. Yeah, <laughs> Max Laheef as well is a disgrace to props. He yeah. look, he look, he's in unbelievable shape, but that's just not how props should look. Mm. Um, uh, Nopawee Waddy said Jamie George as hooker. No, he's he's exactly what a hooker should look like, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, and Jerry Donovan, maybe a very different tack, said Dimitri Zarzewski says he's not a French hooker, he's a Russian call girl. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely has the hair of a Russian call girl. Yeah. Second rows, we've got Devon Toner, uh, Leo Cullen, the age, the aging plumber, says Chris Gamlin Andrews. BFG, <laughs> BFG, definitely. Uh, Jeff Parling um, says Alexandra Smalley because rugby players usually develop shoulders. Uh, Rob M suggested Lou Diega. Yeah, he's far better than his body should yeah. should let him be. Yes. And Luke Charteris looks like he should be in the NBA, says Alex Roberts. So yes, I can see that. Take your pick there. Back row. Uh, Adam Cowie said Thomas Waldrum, uh, and yeah. Fat, Fatty Matty just tweeted toot toot. Obviously talking about. Um, Thomas the Tank as well. Tom Gorman says Nick Williams um, at number eight for being rotund and looking like he's in his mid-50s. No, I think Nick Williams looks exactly... I mean, he doesn't look like a high-level rugby player, but he certainly looks like a rugby yeah. player. Yeah. No, he looks like a guy who's... Level eight. Who's, who's, well, no, maybe, <laughs> maybe like... Uh, he's one of the guys that when I used to play for Newbury, you'd find someone like that playing for Oral when yeah. Oral still existed. Yeah. They'd have, they'd have just this old... This Pacific they, Island... They did have a Back big, row, massive Maff, back row. Yeah, a guy yeah they Maff, did. Maffy Maffy, I think he was. Maffy Maffy, yes. Who was very much the... Uh, Nick Williams, Nick Williams style. mould. Uh, Baptiste Sarang got a mention at nine for Matthew Jones. Uh, ten, guess who people picked most? 
as a, fly, a rugby player that doesn't look like a rugby player. Uh, was it Camille Lopez? <laughs> <laughs> he, he is a good one, actually. Yeah. Got to be a goody. Andy Goode got loads of mentions. Duncan Weir got a mention. Uh, Finn Russell with his wee arms, says Fiona Hunter. Stephen Larkham as well. Robbie Alexander said Johnny May has the, phys- the physique of leftover spaghetti. <laughs> Paul Simmons says Matthew Bastereau I disagree that he doesn't look like an international rugby player it's just that he looks like an international prop not an outside centre <laughs> yeah. uh, Peter the speed bump horn and Brian Gallagher said Gary Ringrose I thought that was a bit harsh um, wing and fullback didn't have anyone mentioned but loads of other people in other positions so thank you for that and if you've got any more suggestions at Rugby Podcast on Twitter very good uh, internationals done then um well, I think so, unless there's anything else out of the Ireland-France game. Um, no. No, but but on the France thing, interesting to hear that they're probably going to introduce central contracts and offer Is that four, right? 40 French players central contracts. Really? It, really? When did this happen? Uh, this weekend, um, what's his face? Little Specs. Laporte. Laporte said, wow. said as much. That's that, going to cost a bit of cash. Uh, cost a bit of cash. Game changer though, isn't it? Good God. How much will that cost? Ooh, that's quite out. <laughs> 40 times... Well, you know, what's a French international? I mean, a, a big salary in the UK is, what, 350? That's a top-end salary. You've got to assume, what, 400 maybe for the, for, for the French? Yeah, to say 400k, to, yeah, to make the math simple. But, and, but maybe maybe you would take a little bit less, and they might up their match fees like England do, take a little bit less money, but then you know you don't have to play ah. every game yeah. in yeah. the so top the 14. Yeah, wouldn't be 400k, would it? It'd be half of that, and then the club pays the other half. Yeah. Uh yeah, it depends how they do it, but yeah, but not having to play every week of that meat grinder. Only eight million. Yeah, two hundred k. Yeah, come on, Cornerstone, give us some more money, and we can. <laughs> Cornerstone, did you say? Are yeah. we are we going to assemble a French squad? Well, a seven squad, yeah. Can, okay. Can I can I mention by the way that in the advert I was reading the. Um, times on the plane back because I was at the big game in Scotland yesterday. I saw. Obviously, wasn't I? I was at the big oh, game in Scotland. I've got complaints. Oh, huh? I've got a complaint about you in particular, Tim. Really? Do you, do you want to hear it? Okay, yeah. So this is the big game. Uh, you all know the one I'm talking about. Is it Cowden Beath Aberdeen? I, I was at the big game in Scotland. It was, uh, yeah, I was, oh, no, not Murrayfield. It was Aberdeen v Ross County. Yeah. So, Pitodre. So, Sorry about from that accent. That's terrible. <laughs> you said something like um, the keeper scrambled for it, kept it out of the net, but it already crossed the whitewash. Now, I was, that, that's a rugby term. Yeah, isn't it? I was sat with football fans, and they were like, "I, we have no idea what that is." I was like, "I know <laughs> what? what it is. It, it's the line." Because I've, I've I've watched football for twenty odd years, I've never heard that. <laughs> so, maybe I haven't then. That's because yeah, I, we just assume it's it's part of our language. Yeah. We just assume. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, and then and then. Um, and then you referred to the corner, which resulted in the headed goal, as a headed ruck play, which is bizarre. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did, I did, I did, that's right. Um, and he's about to take the line out. <laughs> yeah. And then for some reason... He's about to sit forward! For, for some reason... <laughs> offside, surely he's offside. He's in front of the kicker. <laughs> yes, exactly. The kick chase was good, but they're in front, it's a penalty. And for some reason, they weren't up, they weren't up for wedgies and... Um, <laughs> wedgies and downing pints after the game the players weird I know weird um, so yeah I was at the big game in Scotland but um, was that up in Aberdeen Aberdeen yeah so anyway I was, I was reading the times on the way back and there's an advert for Gillette and the players it features for Gillette are Gethin Jenkins and George North that's right yeah George North now if you want to take that as a metaphor maybe you look at their faces and you go oh what a lovely clean shaven but I presume the sort of um, the things Gillette want to highlight is precision mm. 
Um, Razor Sharp. Yeah. Gethin Jenkins not playing. George George North completely out of touch. So yeah, exactly, which is why we use Phil for our cornerstone adverts. <laughs> yeah, which you can get where Tim. A cornerstone, the best razor, as voted for by GQ magazine, far better than Gillette, far cheaper as well if you come with us, uh, because you get a £10 discount on your first order. Loads of people have been getting in touch with this on Twitter and saying how delighted they are with not just their razors, very, very competitively priced and the best you can get, but also, isn't that the Gillette's <laughs> strap liner? It used to yeah, be. it might be. The best a man <laughs> the best can get. Uh, whatever. The, the best razors you can get, fact, uh, are cornerstone, and you not only get your brilliant razors, but you get your free engraved aluminium shaft engraved with your initials with your first order which you can get for just four quid uh, because you listen to us if you go to cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers that's cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers or egg tent at checkouts I don't think we I don't think we can top this podcast now we've we've done cornerstone it's not going to get any better we should (laughs) just call it a day yeah well there's not really much to cover because I was I've just looked up the uh, Europe the European Rugby Nations Championship week off isn't it Week off, yeah, yeah they're rest week, um, and there's no games in the Six Nations next week, so I think that's a wrap. Excellent. Right, well, I'll, gone, Tim. Oh, I was just going to say, well, <laughs> finish, I'll, uh, finish it off, you're, uh, you're, you're the pro here. Hit subscribe, and the next episode and every future episode will be just delivered straight to you, you don't even have to think about it, which means when you wake up on Wednesday morning, there will be a perfect midweek domestic podcast podcast size and shape thing waiting for you in your feed there you go nothing nothing to worry about but we'll have one of those then thank you for listening to this one at rugby podcast on twitter egg chasers podcast on instagram egg chasers rugby podcast on facebook there's loads of information about our trip to romania which we've been talking about really excited about that and we'll get more into that next week i think um but yeah we're done phil good work thank you tim nice one jb thank you and facebook live You'll see us in about five minutes when we do the next installment, which is the midweek domestic. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more podcast which we do on tuesday night yes Yes. tuesday night
But we're just doing a rehearsal now. Exactly. Yes. Honest. <laughs>